Welcome to You're Still Doing That, and today we are talking to the hottest and most legendary bookworm in all of Lee County history, my wife, Chrissy Miller. And today we're going to be talking about her love of books and reading. Chrissy, when did you start reading? Oh my god. Um, I started reading when I was two years old. Wow, a child prodigy. Move over Mozart. We have a new master. Ding, 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 ding. Let's hear your story, Chrissy. Chrissy, uh, how did you learn to read at the age of two? Um, my mom taught me how to read using the little, you know, the little magnet letters, uh, uh-huh. Fisher Price magnet letters on the fridge. And we sat on the kitchen floor at the fridge and she taught me how to read. What kind of books did, uh, your mom have you reading when you were little? Um, when I was little, I read a lot. I had a crap ton of, um... Little Golden Books. Do you oh, remember yeah, Little remember Golden, Golden Books? Books? Yeah. I had a ton of those. Um, I loved them. Especially, um, there was one with Grover. There's a monster at the end of this book. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> love that book. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to make his voice, but I can't bring it to my head. <laughs> um, yeah, and Mom was really awesome at um, reading it. Like, no, don't turn the page. Don't. Don't do it. There's a monster, you know. Gosh, Kermit. (laughs) Don't think so. (laughs) I'm trying to think what he sounded like. (laughs) Now, I remember you telling me something about your uh, Mimi having you read some of her books or something like that. Yeah, I would. um, My grandmother read. She always had a book in her hand. um, Much like myself these days. Um, but she would read a lot of just mysteries. Um, I'm not sure what it was like. Mass market paper book paperbacks is what I remember her having. But I remember like having sleepovers at her house, and we'd be like on the pullout couch, and I would read her. You know, I was like, "Let me read a page of your book to you." So I would read to her, and that was at like four, four and five years old. Oh, wow. I was reading um, to my grandma. But, Maybe the pants off some of our kindergartners right now. <laughs> I don't know that. Um, I don't know how much I like understood necessarily right. what I was reading, but I could. I could read the words. I could. Mom was great at. Um, you know, they did phonetics right. back then, not just sight words, and yeah. I don't know. They still do some phonetics, but it's a lot of sight. Yeah, it's a lot of rote learning. So, but anyway, yeah. Um, did you have a favorite uh, book series as a kid that you liked to read? Um, I read a lot of Nancy Drew books back Nancy then, Drew. you know, we're late, mid seventies yeah, babies. Were, so, um, little girls or boys probably. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys. Um, and I liked a lot of, um, choose your own adventure books back then. I would get those at the book fair, um, oh, yeah. that would come to school and we had a riff truck would come to school. I don't know if they had riff here but uh, reading did. is fun. I don't fun- remember that in California. Reading is fundamental was a, a group and they would come in and set up like in the gym and you yeah. c- every kid could go just pick a free book. Oh, right. Um 
so those were, you know, the highlights of the school year for me. But I would do a lot of choose-your-own-adventure books. Um, and I liked mystery, um, ghost stories. I liked a lot of spooky um, books. There was um, John Belair's was an author that I read a lot. He wrote, like, The Lion, The Witch, and The Ring. And recently, Jack Black had a movie that was based on one of his books, The House oh, yeah. with a Clock in Its Walls. Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah. never saw the movie, but... Um, I did like the book, and I remember. I always thought that was a goosebumps thing. I remember checking them out of my school library, and the librarian was like, "I don't know if those books are for you." I think I was, I was on the younger on the younger set of grades, and I think she made me like read a page. I was trying to force you into those, yeah. She uh, yeah, she was like, much. "Well, read me a page of this book to to see if I could check it out." But at least you let me check it out. But there uh, you go. Yeah. Good I librarian. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So did you did you have good English <laughs> grades in school? English was I a favorite subject. Um I loved spelling. Opposites I, attract. <laughs> spelling and grammar. Um I love um high school English was good. I you know, I'm not going to be like I was not a perfect student but I think towards the end of high school might have been like I don't know I struggled a little bit not with the content but I think I had maybe some of my anxiety you know mental health yeah, stuff started to too flustered by yours truly oh my god <laughs> yeah it was more to do with like l- turning stuff in late than um yeah, you content but yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so, did you have any teachers that helped foster your love of reading along the way? Um, you know, I was trying to think. I don't recall really. I don't, I can't say that there was like a big inspiring teacher moment. I had a fourth grade teacher, Miss Brumuller. My mom does not like Miss Brumaller eh. because she, she kept me out of some program that my mom wanted me to be in. Um, but she did give me a book um, like before school ended that was like a children's book of poetry right. thing that I still have. And I, I loved that book. Um, and I think um, Mrs. Seaman, my 12th grade teacher, who's now Mrs. Stevenson, um you know, I really enjoyed her class. Yeah, a lot um, of people did. I always heard great things about yeah, her Yeah, we read Macbeth and um, Hamlet and that, so, but yeah. Now, did you have any favorite authors from your uh, school days or maybe just a favorite book? From my school days as like all, like kindergarten through 12th yeah, grade any, school? anything you remember, yeah. Um, I liked... Um, Sweet Valley Twins and Sweet Valley High books. Yeah, I read yeah, yeah. all of those as a little kid. Um, and then Christopher Pike um, was one. Uh, he wrote, like, more mystery, scary kind of books. Right. Um, Babysitter's Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a million of those. Yeah. I liked George Orwell at, through high school. Like we read, um, you know, 1984 and yeah. Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked. <laughs> Your English class did. <laughs> Not mine. Um, we were still reading Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I liked. I wanted to be a person that like has read a lot of classic yeah. literature type books, but 
I still, there's still a ton on my, that I haven't read. Yeah, well, there's a ton of classic There's too many books. Like, you want to read the new stuff and keep current, but it's hard. It's hard to keep up. Um, Is there a book from your childhood that you like so much that you have reread it as an adult? I mean, other than there's a monster at the end of this book um, and like some Dr. Seuss things, I don't, (laughs) I'm not much of a rereader. Yeah. Um, I, well, it's not from my childhood, but like maybe I've reread like the first Harry Potter. um, And I can maybe think of one. Before the movies came out. No, I don't think I did. Um, no, I don't. I can't really think. I can remember one other book I've reread, but it was something I read as an adult that I just really loved. Um, but no, I'm not. Oh, and I reread Things Fall Apart. This is not something that I loved, but we read it in 10th grade. And yeah. I I was like, let me read this as an adult and see if, see if I remember the same thing. Well, yeah, see if it hits different. Uh, but I. I didn't really care for it. No, Sorry. I, I Sorry, Chinois. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So now that you're, uh, you've been a beautiful, grown adult woman for a little while. Okay. <laughs> uh, what are a few of your favorite authors you've loved as an adult? As an adult, my current favorite author is Frederick Bachman. I love everything that he has written. I think he's the bear guy. Yes, Bear Town. Y'all, everybody needs to read Bear Town. It's now a trilogy. You need to read it. Um, and Anxious People. Um, he's just, I haven't read anything by him that I haven't just loved. And he has like such a, he can, I don't know how he like describes humanity and the state of being human right. in such a way that is just like, yes, like. I don't know. You know. An author can describe something and you can get a visual in your head just as clear as day. That's always a good... A visual, but yeah. I think for with him, it's more like you feel it, like in your heart. It's like, right. God, like it just really... Well, you know, I make you listen to it. Yeah, you sure do make me listen to it. <laughs> um, but anyway, Frederick Bachman, probably right now my number one. Um, Catherine Arden is another. Um, she wrote the Winter Night Trilogy. Um, the first book in that one is The Bear and the Nightingale. And that's actually the only book that I can remember rereading. Um, um, I I didn't make it through the whole trilogy twice, but I did read the first book again. Um, and I've got such a crush on the Frost Demon in that book. Frost Demon. Yeah, Morosco. Um, yeah. And she's got some new books coming out this, this year, so that's exciting. Um, and also Stephen King. That's... I've really enjoyed, Yeah, I've enjoyed some it. and have been really disturbed by some, <laughs> um, but he's another one that I have like the lofty goal of like reading everything he's written, but it just, oh, it's going to take a lifetime. You don't have enough years left in your life yeah. to read everything he's written. <laughs> but, you know, I go in little spurts, like I've right. got a Stephen King book next to me right now that's waiting for me to well, read i remember when you read cujo yeah and you were reading some of the passages and i said that wasn't in the movie <laughs> spoiler alert y'all the movie ends completely differently than the book ends i think the movie was trying to save us from heartache um yeah, yeah that was uh it was much stephen king yeah that went way harder in the book yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And some of the, there's one called Desperation that he wrote that was just really disgusting. Like just some of the descriptions of, um, some physical descriptions were just really. see her face right now <laughs> she's saying this. <laughs> it was really, really gross. Ugh. Um, so um, what about a book series as an adult? Book series as an adult. Um, there's a few. Um, I like the Temperance Brennan series um, by Kathy Reichs. And that series is what the TV show Bones was based on. Yeah. Which is a funny little circle because in the TV series Bones, Bones also becomes an author and writes books about her story. So it's like a little circle because Kathy Reichs, the author, is a forensic anthropologist that teaches at UNC Charlotte. And she wrote stories based on her experience. And then that became a TV show, which became a book in the TV show. And so it goes a weird little circle. Um, But I enjoy those. And um, the Stephanie Plum series by Janet Ivanovich oh, yeah. is a fun little guilty pleasure. They made re- me read one of those books. Too. They're really floofy and like there's not a lot of like real depth to them, but they're hilarious and just like a good like break from reality. Right. Um, and then over the last year, I read the um, Three Pines um, Armand Gamache series by Louise Penny. And I love, 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 love that. Um, love that series and those characters. And I am impatiently waiting to see if the 19th book comes out because now I'm caught up and it's like 19th, waiting for... And you're caught up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's just Well, I'm caught up on brain. all of those series. That destroys my brain. <laughs> all, all three of those series have are in about the 20s. Um, so what's a genre of books that you like to read now that your younger self... Would have never, ever, ever picked up. Um, probably historical fiction, maybe. I yeah. think maybe that would have like been like, oh, that sounds like it's for old people. And right. maybe now I'm an old person, <laughs> and so I'm reading historical fiction. Um, but I do, I do like I. There are some people that feel like reading stories is not learning, or like you don't. Or it's, it's, I don't know what I'm trying to say, that it's, right. like, you, if you want to learn, read nonfiction, right? right? But, but you can have nonfiction in your fiction book. Yes, I you mean, can. And even if it's not, like, taking place in a historical time where you're learning about things that happened in the past, learning, you learn so much through, through fiction, through stories, through imagination, you're learning empathy. You're learning different experiences and right. different perceptions um, from people who are may have different experiences than you. I do. I make a point to try to read books about people or by people who are different from me. Um, it's a big empathy builder. Right. It's, it's a big. It's a big um, way to gain some understanding. Um, about the world we live in and the people we share it with. Um, Especially if you can't get out and experience it in real life. Yeah. I mean, I can't travel the world on our teacher salary and our um, state employee salary. But We do have the world in our little library. We do have a world in our library, and you can learn lots. Um, So uh, what is your go-to style of book? Like, if you want to read, but 
you don't like the pile of books you have set out? What's a go-to <laughs> genre that you're just going to you're going to go to? You know, that's I don't know that I necessarily have a go-to genre. I'm pretty eclectic. And we, as we can tell from the last two months where I have been in a very bad reading space for me, not to say that it's bad for anybody, where I just had, I think I, my headspace was taken up by so much change that we've had going on um, over this summer um, that I couldn't really focus on reading anything. And I tried audiobooks. Yep. which are a fantastic way to read. And yes, audiobooks count as reading people. Um, um, but I don't know. I think I always have a wide variety of books. You know, you can check out like 25 books from the library at a time, and I try to <laughs> I'll butt up against you, that. Um, yeah. But like mystery, um, I think mystery maybe might be one that I might go to. Um, literary fiction I like. Um, I like some memoirs. Um, I just, I don't know. Yeah, it do just depends on my mood. Around the books around you. Fantasy type things. Magical. I really like magical realism. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a lot. Um, usually I'll just like read a page. Am I into this right now? No. Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me take the next one from the next pile. From the 20 you have sitting over Yeah. There. Um, so... Uh, who do you listen to for book recommendations? If someone says, ooh, Chrissy, you have to read this book. Mm -hmm. Who is it that says that and you go and get that book? Um, there's a few people. Um, the first one that just popped into my head when you said that is Sarah Slate. Shout out to Sarah Slate, librarian at Tramway. She's fantastic and a hilarious person. And you should know her. Um but she is one. She'll send me random um, books. One was actually the first book I read this year was Krampus. She sent it to me as a joke. Oh, yeah, I remember you Because that. it had a crazy looking demon guy on the cover. And she was like, haha, you should read this. And I was like, okay. Um, and I did. And it was really good. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, so her. Um, I've got... Friends on Goodreads. I keep track of stuff I read and want to read on Goodreads. Um, so Bianca Stump, Amanda Sinotis, um, I usually... And I've got a friend, Jennifer, on there, who I've only met once in real life. Um, but we have, I think, similar interests. So, um, And my friend Kelly in Minnesota also. Um, and then just a lot of, like... I get the little book page magazines from the library with stuff coming out or like any kind of like good <laughs> reads. Like you read just about everything that comes your way. Like, Oh, you should try this. Okay. I will try it. Yeah. I will try it. Um, so you're not, uh, other than being an avid reader and, uh, keeping the books, bookshelves empty at our local library, you also <laughs> put in our time at our local library. You were on the library board of Lee County. I am on the library board of trustees for Lee County. So what is your uh, your role or your title that you hold for the Lee County Library Board of Commissioners, I think it's Board called. of Trustees. Board of Trustees. Um, first of all, I am just here as my own person. Any views I have are not the views of the library or the <laughs> Lee County government or anything no, that's, like that. That's a good one to put in. <laughs> um, I'm the vice chairperson. Um of the board of trustees for the library with the caveat that 
Kathy, you cannot go anywhere, move anywhere, or become ill. Kathy, our chairperson, she must stay well um, in order for me to continue being the vice chair. (laughs) Um, So what kind of projects are the Library Board of Trustees working on? Um, We're pretty much an advisory board for um, the director of the library. Um, So, you know, we go over we might advise on policies that the library has um, for like programs and collection, stuff like that. Um, And, but the big project right now is that Lee County is getting a new library. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's been really exciting and fun to be a part of really the architect for this library um, is really I'm amazed at how thoughtful and intentional um, they are in the way they're, you know, putting together what this library is going to be, like, really taking into account, like, the history of Lee County, um, the community we have here, like, right down to, like, the kind of materials they're using on the outside to, like, I don't know. It's just really, really cool. Well, that sounds awesome. Um, Our little library is pretty, I think it's pretty good. Uh, but it has been around for a very long time. I think since the 70s, yeah, this quite a long time. Uh, why did they decide that we need to have a new library? We've really, Lee County is growing so fast. We've got so much growth here. and We've really outgrown our little library. Our library is my favorite place in Lee County. Um, but it's, the space is just not adequate. Um, anymore for to do all the things to serve the community you know that right when i was a kid going in there i used to think of it as this really big place yeah but as an adult when i go in it's not particularly all that big in the way of the amount of books it can hold amount in the library doesn't isn't just for books because it also has it serves the community in a lot of other ways with programming and technology and um it's it doesn't and having community spaces yeah for groups to meet which it doesn't particularly have a a really good amount of that if somebody needed a space to meet right there's some Um, small conference rooms um but yeah there's pretty small yeah i was about to say those it's very very limited uh when are we supposed to get this fabulous new library um, currently the projected, um, uh, it's projected to finish in late 2025. 2025. So what, and where is it going to be placed at? It is going to be, um, back behind the new state employees credit union back in OT Sloan park, that road behind the, alongside of the credit union, I think is going right. to, again, y'all, any errors that I'm saying is just my own stupidity and error not um that road will extend out and it'll be set back there in the it's gonna be really awesome because the set with the park there it'll have you'll be able to have like indoor outdoor space um to use so just think about you think popcon was big where is the library is located now popcon at the new place is gonna be a little i can't wait for to see that con get bigger and bigger they do such a great job 
Um, so what kind of upgrades is this new library going to have over our current one? Um, they're going to have a big um, meeting space, um, like the Board of Commissioners, I think, will ultimately use it for their meetings. Oh, wow. Um, and it'll be, like, able to, like, you can close off it, close it off from the main library. So, like, if their meeting is going to go till 10 p.m., like they do sometimes, right. um, the library can close up and you can still get in and out to Access the meeting the space. Meeting rooms too. Right. Good. Um, and it's going to have, like, a maker space. Um, it's going to have a little, I think, a little amphitheater um, outside. Um, some you know incorporate some of the nature of the park in there um teen space kid space um i'm sure a lot of technological upgrades as well and abilities yes yeah and i have no idea what those are off the top of my head right, right. now but <laughs> but you can go to the library's webpage um and see a whole mock-up of the library and how the project is going if well, if you're so inclined it'll be exciting to see that uh go up and definitely serve our community which is growing i'm so excited growing and growing i'm so excited and it, what a great location i mean it's going to be right across there from lee county high school and the college um so yeah it's exciting and i like that it's hooked up next to the park as well so yeah yeah and you can think i mean if you've got a kid playing a baseball game or something over there and then you can go get a book or you know if you well, whatever it's just another way out. to serve our community all in one, place. one little place they don't have to drive from here to there they can do all kinds of things that's yep. really really a really good spot so also um besides being a library board you've also been a part of a lot of different book clubs over the years but recently you've been part of our county's band book club Ooh, <laughs> the band book club yeah. oh no I've been um, MIA. I've been a little MIA from the band book club, y'all. I'm sorry. I think I've just been extra introverty lately. But I'm trying to get back. I have this month's book. I just have to read it. So, um, why do you think people want to ban uh, books in particular? I cannot stand people trying to ban books. Let me just say, um, because they're afraid. People yeah, that's are. What af I think too. People are afraid. They're afraid, uh, that they're afraid of. The truth is going to get called out as a as a not true or terribly that, humankind, and yeah, or <laughs> ideas the, that make them uncomfortable, and yeah. so they don't want anybody else to have those ideas. There's, um, or that their ideas are old and archaic and don't apply any longer. Yeah, and there's a quote I think somewhere I don't know who said it, so sorry y'all, but it, it's something like. Um, like, if you're afraid a book is going to make you think, then you're not afraid of books. You're afraid of thinking. Like, right. you don't want people to... Uh, I mean, a book is not going... It might change your... It could change your perspective. There have... Books have changed my perspective on things, but I don't think it's... Like, I'm, I'm not going to read a book about two women in love and suddenly become a lesbian. If right. I'm not already... You know right. what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. But I, however, if I am a young woman questioning myself and I read a book about two women in love, then I feel not so alone and like, oh, you know what I mean? It's right. That's right. Other people with the same types of feelings and ways. Um, what kind of books have been banned that you think might surprise people? What kind of things have you read in the club? 
that have been banned that would maybe like some people would like, why would that even be banned? I don't understand. The Lorax was banned. <laughs> by they Dr. did a kid's Seuss. movie out of the Lorax. Yes. Unless someone likes you, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot. Right. Right. It's not going to get better. It's not. I don't know. I messed that quote up. What's that quote, Matt? I don't, don't ask me to remember things. Anyway. It wasn't the Lorax, you know, they were cutting down all the trees. Yeah, something. so it was banned, I think, because, um, I think in California, because people were afraid that kids uh, were going to revolt against the logging industry, which I don't, I mean. Right. Well, there needs to be a balance, right? It, right. There we need needs... paper and we need wood to build things, but we still need trees so that we can breathe. <laughs> right yeah it's a little important so maybe a balance um, is good um the diary of anne frank of course was banned right. um because it was a downer you know mm, i mean um right. and um recently do you know the little board book called everywhere babies it's a little it's a book for babies right with pictures of babies right in it um, but a school district in Florida wanted that take keep you know kept out of kids' hands because there was a picture of two men uh, illustration. It's all it's drawn, but there were two men hugging. Um, so they wanted that was Ooh, not appropriate. Hugging, we can't do that in public. <laughs> under there's no like that you don't know why the two men are hugging. They could be brothers. They could be mm. friends. It's. They could be two dads. I don't know, but... You know, people are too crazy today. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what has been some of your favorite banned books that you've read in that club that you were... You loved the book. You were surprised how much you liked it. Um, oh, gosh. Um, Lawn Boy, I really liked. Um, I can't think of the author um, right now, but it was Lawn Boy. Um I liked that book a lot. It it made me think about um, again dangerous, making me right. think um, just about our society that we live in and how hard um, it can be to change um, change your perspective of thinking. Not perspective, but like if you if you are born into poverty and have all these strikes not strikes i mean against you but like your life is hard like you're in a low income environment you have a a sibling that is special needs it's hard to right. raise yourself up yeah. out of that situation right yes um anyway that was what i got out of that but um what other awesome ones have you read in there um i can't I can't really think. Mouse. We read Mouse. The, we've read a lot of graphic novels in the Band Book Club, yeah. um, which like I the, find interesting. It seems like the niche of things they want to ban right now. It, it does. And I think because I guess maybe if you add images to the words, they think it makes it worse, I guess. Mm. Um, but Mouse was one, you know, that was about... Um, the author was retelling his dad's story who was a Holocaust survivor. Um, and they had mice, um, you know, the Jewish folks were depicted as mice and the Nazis were depicted as cats. Um, 
Oh, and there, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but it, that one was banned, I think, because there was a picture of um, the uh, gas chamber and there was a mouse, a naked mouse. Oh my goodness! Uh, Aren't mice naked to begin with? Well, unless this little guy was written differently. <laughs> <laughs> but in any way, um, yeah, how the ban of books thing. I mean, it's the good thing about thinking because once you learn something then you can do something different once once you learn the truth about some things then or know, a perspective or a perspective Be- but when you when you learn how to do something better then you should be better you shouldn't shove you- away different ideas just because they're different from yours because it might enhance enhance everyday life already i'll tell you one thing though if you tell me that a book is being banned i am 100 percent gonna go read it that's right well what is it uh, yeah because usually it's banned because it's probably got a lot of truth in it yeah we had um we read gender queer for band book club that was another one it's another graphic novel but i read it and i thought it was really valuable and then i handed it right to sophie before my before you know it was time to turn it back in i was like here you should read this too right <laughs> so, my kids also read band books yeah knowledge is power Part of the reason they ban books. <laughs> exactly. All right. So um, a little fun stuff here to test some of your reading knowledge. We're going to oh, look at um, uh, some of the top 10 books of 2022. Last year's uh, top 10. Uh, I think they were on the New York Times bestseller list for, okay. for a certain amount of weeks. I'm gonna, we'll see how many you've dived into that. Uh, number one, Where the Crawdads Sing. Check. Check. Yep, they made a movie too. They did make a movie, and there's a controversy about that author. She apparently is wanted for questioning in a murder in Africa over. Oh, I didn't hear that. It's crazy. Yeah, over um, um, poaching poachers. They were trying to, I don't know, allegedly. She's wanted for questioning. Oh my goodness. She's not a poacher, but she was right. trying to protect the animals, animals uh-huh. allegedly, apparently. Uh, another book called The Midnight Library. I did read that. I loved that one. Love, love, love. The Last Thing He Told Me. No. Lessons in Chemistry. <gasps> also love historical fiction and, and soon to be an movie. Apple TV series. Yeah. Um, really good. Make you really mad. Make you feel a lot. Uh, the Lincoln Highway. I've not read that, but it is on my to-be-read list. Uh your favorite Stephen King, Billy Summers. I have not read that one. Of course, he puts out like three books a year. He writes a lot. It's hard to keep up with him. Another person who writes three books a year, John Grisham. Uh, his book, The Judges List. I have not read that. I think I have only read one John Grisham book in my life. Uh, I might say one, too. I read, I don't remember which one I read in my trying to be a reader face. That didn't last very long. <laughs> it's never too late, Matt. I did read a lot in college. My job had lended itself to reading. And we didn't have internet back then, so at least not on your phone anyway. <laughs> so you read in your spare time. Um, the Paris Apartment. I did read that one. Mysteries. Uh, good. The Stranger in the Lifeboat. No. Mitch Album. I like that name. And your favorite author of all time, Nicholas Sparks. Man, I don't like Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> I know. I was hoping she would use some of her nerdy words for this one. There's, um, <laughs> he, you know, there's a place for Nicholas Sparks. There 
are all kinds of books for all kinds of people. And that one's just not for me. But like a good steward of books should be, I will leave it on the shelf for someone else to read. I don't need to take it away just because I don't like it. Um, Now here's a list of top 10 selling non, or no, top 10 selling fiction books of all time. Um, according to like to sales anyway, they're top 10 in sales, uh, fiction books. So you're not going to find like the Bible or the Quran on this list. Um, Vardy Walla Gunda. It's a Hindi book. I've never heard of that. Uh, no, I wouldn't have heard of that one either, but 80 million people have bought it. Uh, she, a history of adventure. I've never heard of that. Oh no, 83 million. What is this list? Uh, this is the top. Okay. Lou, are you joining the podcast? She's going to be noisy. Next one, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. Yeah. And I think I actually read that for Ben Book Club. I could see that one being banned. Oh, the cat is walking through everything. Come on, Lou. She's going to step on a button. Uh, this one is a Chinese book, Dream the Red Chamber. No. No. Uh, and Then There Were None by Agatha Christie. Yes, I have read that one. Yeah. And it used to have a different title, but they have updated it to be a little more... Um, politically correct. What was the original title? What are you gonna make me say it? You can oh, look that now up. You got me. Yeah, all right, everybody, <laughs> Google Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. Let's see what it says. Uh, next one, top selling, uh, the first Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, I've read all the Harry Potters, and back in the day, we used to go up to Borders and carry for the midnight release yeah, of Harry Potter books. We're all of us dressed up. Um, The Little Prince. You know, I have not read that, but I intend to read that. It's uh, originally in French, and that is one that I want to read in French. Yes, and it should be on my level. I know. <laughs> Let's see, the author's got a very French name. Look at the author's name. Uh, and here is a school favorite, uh, The Tale of Two Cities. I... Did I read that I in I English? That in I don't... I can't comment. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I think I, we it's had possible. To read that one. I think I read Great Expectations. I don't. Maybe I haven't read it. Yeah, maybe Jesus. that was it too. And everybody's favorite, Don Quixote. Don Quixote. No, I don't think I have read that either. I read, but it. I know of it. I mean, I, read I know that. But I couldn't tell you what it's about. <laughs> I know he had a, a battle with the windmills, right? I don't. I have no. I know there's a windmill, but I couldn't tell you. And I do know they've made all kinds of movies that have been. Like in the same format of storytelling. Yeah, maybe we should read that together. It sounds like maybe you can read it out loud to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, super great questions. What is the raunchiest book you've ever read? Now, there are some, I will tell y'all, there are some books that I will read and not put them on my Goodreads list because I am embarrassed and I don't want people <laughs> to know that I have read them. Um but I, I think it would be safe to say because I think a lot of people have read the Fifty Shades book. So I'll just go with that. But there may be some others that I've read that are a little raunchier than Fifty Shades. I was about to say, Fifty Shades, I mean, it is raunchy. But I've got to say, there's got to be way more raunchier than that out there. That seems, there, are, there is. <laughs> it's like but rated I'm, R raunchy, but I was like, ooh, there's got to be way worse than that. Yeah, I'm just not going to say That's because I have to raunchy. keep my... Sometimes I just have to keep my representative up and let people think just. <laughs> All right. What's a book that's made you cry? 
Um, there's several. The Bear Town trilogy. Say, Bear Town. I remember you crying through that. One. Oh my God! In the winners, the last one. You remember? I was just sitting here yelling. Oh my God! Oh my God! And you're out in the kitchen just telling the kids, "Don't worry, mommy's just reading her book." Like, right. <laughs> um, there's also one called um, Irena's Children, which was about. Um, that was a nonfiction book um, that was about a woman that saved like 1,500 kids out of the Warsaw oh, I ghetto. I remember you telling me about that one. So, yeah, you were crying through there, too. Yeah. And you were like, why are you reading this? Why are you doing this right? to yourself? Like, because it's important. <laughs> it's important to know. And, my God, just like, I don't, I wish that I would be a person like that. You know what I mean? Like, that would... It would be a hard person to be. It, w- it would be a hard person to be. And judging from the fact that I heard some guy in the woods the other night yelling for help in a tree, and I was just like, mm, I, hope, stay here. I hope somebody else helps him because I don't trust that he's not just trying to lure me right? out into the woods. Um, <laughs> um, what's a book <laughs> that has scared you? Um, the Heart-Shaped Box by Joe Hill. That was pretty scary. I remember you reading. you were reading something, and you were like, oh! And you would have you get like a jump scare, but from a book. Oh, that might have been um, also the Grady Hendrix, um, the the one with the puppets. Is that the one? Yes, you had a puppet in it. Yeah, 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 yeah um, right. that was called How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. That was, and that was a little gross. You and jumped so- and shouted reading that book. Yeah, and then I and then I read the paragraph out to you. Yes, you did. Yeah, <laughs> I remember because that that some things have to be shared sometimes. Um, what is one of the most violent and graphic books you've read? I will say this was for Band Book Club. I <laughs> I remember thinking that I would not have I would have had to use a pen name if I wrote this book because I would be horrified for people to think that I had these thoughts in my head and put them out to the world. But it's American Psycho by... Um, oh, yeah, because you were talking about that, and I remember watching the movie. Brett, the movie is nothing. I watched the movie. I tend to, I will watch a movie after I've read the book. The movie was nothing. I remember, Matt, you said that that movie was so horrible and so graphic, and oh, my God, and it was nothing <laughs> compared to the things on the page. Oh my god, it was horrifying, but it was also well written and it like I did want to know what was going to happen, but I was literally horrified. Ugh. Mm. Um uh what is a book that has changed one of your ways of thinking? Oh gosh. Um a book that's changed my way of thinking. I I think it would have to be I don't know that I could just name a book but I think any of the books that I seek out that are not by just a you know like middle class white lady married with a family like any books that are outside of my experience um I think like maybe like Angie Thomas books um the Hate You Give, On the right. Come Up, Concrete Rose, those little books really open my eyes to, you know, the way some people are living. And 
let me be less judgmental. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you maybe you don't like how something is or what people are doing, but you can understand right. why that's how, happening. why and how. Um, so I think, I think anything, I think it's really important to read books that are outside of your own experience. It seems good in general to do things that are outside your bubble. Yeah. I also yeah. read, um, like, I I lean more fiction these days. I think I've gotten real just tired of reality. Um, but a few years ago, I was reading about 50-50 fiction, nonfiction. Um, so I think anything, like, historical um, or about like social justice, um, history, stuff like that are, is also really eye-opening and just, you know, kind of makes you understand well, the world a little bit. Well, that's what books are supposed to do. Take you somewhere else, show you things that yeah. you may have not seen before, whether they be fictional or uh, non-fictional. But that's what books are supposed to do is open your eyes and show you new things. Yep. The whole world new experiences that um you know you can't go out and do it yourself but you can read about it yeah and hopefully gain some experience and knowledge. you can read about i mean you're reading about it i i think this too when i think of a lot of young adult f fiction are on banned book lists you know they don't people don't think that kids should be exposed to whatever idea or whatever these characters are doing in the book but it's it's a secondhand experience, right? You're not, the kid is not doing the thing, um, right. but they are gaining the experience and understanding of how these characters are dealing with the thing, whether it's smoking or drugs or relationships or abuse or whatever. I mean, the, and these kids are, people are going through these experiences. Yeah. Um, so it's a safe way to learn about um, learn about that stuff. Right. And I mean, in banning a book from a high schooler, I mean, <laughs> come on, they've got a phone in their hand. They're going to just go look up whatever. I mean, that yeah. book's not going to make a dent into whatever you're trying to ban them from. So, I yeah. mean, oh, knowledge is power. The more you know, the, the better you'll be. Yeah. All right, Chrissy. So we've come to the end of this podcast and okay. I've got some little rapid fire questions. I ask each guest. Uh, to answer, and it's fun to see the similarities of each one. Okay. Uh, number one, what is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Outside, of course, of myself and our family. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. Because everybody likes to say their spouse or their kids being born or something like that. Right. Um, I would say the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, Iceland, maybe? Yes. I was wondering uh, if you were going to say that. The Glacier Lagoon, Libby, Libby, thank you for taking me to Iceland. The the Glacier Lagoon and the seals, I think, I, I can't remember the last time I felt so much like, like I can feel like myself wanting to cry right now. Just like joy and awe and wonder um, at that. That is a beautiful, magical place. And also in Iceland, random, weird... Um, just thing that really stuck with me is that they're dandelions. Their dandelions are massive in Iceland and they let them grow. Like they're not, you don't have to have just a green lawn of nothing. Right. It's like 
you know, the I think bees. America is one of the few places that mow their grass. I think a lot of people just let stuff. Grow. I mean, let let the bees let the bees have the stuff, right? Uh, what's one of your favorite smells? <laughs> um, can I name multiple smells? Oh, good. Well, that, yeah, whatever you want to do. The smell of a forest when you're walking in and you can smell the trees and pine needles and all of that kind of stuff. Um, Campfire. uh, The ocean. Not Lou. (laughs) Um, Fresh cut grass and petrichor. You know, the smell of after it rains, that smell that's left. Yeah. Um, Those are, I think, my favorite smells. Some least... And skunk! Oh my god! I thought you were going to get through your list without saying skunks. I love the smell of skunks. Mm. Somebody else said that too on a podcast. I think it was Jeremy. Um, mm. Yeah, I love the smell of skunks. We would have a little... Um, um, Audubon Society had a Drumlin Farm, um, the town next to where I grew up. And it was just little animal things and they had the denning animals and it was you would go in this little like cave thing and it was red lights under there and the skunks were in there and I could just stay in there my mom my mom mm. was thought I was crazy but yes I would think she's correct <laughs> but my mom likes skunk smell too mm. yeah all right what is one of your favorite sandwiches a favorite sandwich a favorite sandwich uh Grilled cheese cut in triangles. Oh, yeah. That's good. Uh, <laughs> we can make those tomorrow. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite kind of drink to have? What's your... Favorite drink would be like... Um, maybe Constant Comment tea. Or that dandelion chai with oat milk is really good. Or a soy latte with cinnamon powder sprinkled <laughs> on it. Or just a warm beverage in general. A warm, comforting... Yeah, you like warm beverages. Warm, yeah. Uh, what's one thing that makes you happy every time it happens? Um, uh, hmm. Well, the rare... We're not supposed to talk about kids or the rare occasions that our kids all are like getting along and talking to each other no, and no, supporting each other. Because <laughs> that's really weird. But... Um, or like watching watching the kids perform in their like ensemble groups or having some kind of success really makes me happy. But also anytime Mbop comes on the radio. <laughs> yeah. That's a, like an instant happy boost. Um, what kind of advice would you give your kids self if you could give them just a little little nugget of advice? <sighs> oh. Your kids self living in Boston, not Boston, but right outside of Boston. My little kid self, um, that's a great question, isn't it? That's a very good question. I don't know. I think, I think I would let her know that it's okay. It's okay to be, to use your voice. It's okay to have, um, you know, thoughts and opinions. It's cool. Um, And to voice them. Um, And also, it's okay to ask for help when you're struggling. And it's okay to lean on people. 
um, who love you. Um, I don't know, yeah. And that you don't have to, um, you know, when stuff is hard, you just don't have to keep it all in. Right. Lean on friends. Yeah. Lean on friends and family. Let people know uh, what you're going through. And the last little thing, uh, and self-sustaining for the podcast, who would be a good guest to have on the podcast with somebody that's been doing something for a very long time? Um, how about Amy McKinney singing? Have you got Amy? Amy McKinney and singing. No, I do not have Amy McKinney yet. You're, you're lucky you just texted me today, Amy. Kept, kept <laughs> you right in the forefront of my head. There you go. You're on the clock, Amy McKinney. I'm going to come send you a message. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chrissy, thanks for being on the show, baby. Not like I had a choice. Eh, you always have a choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you can uh, tell the tens of people that will be listening to this podcast what is two books they should go out and read. Oh. Oh, my God. Just two? two. Just two. Uh. Well, Beartown, number one. I want everybody to read Beartown. And then, you know, if you like it, there's a couple more that follows, but I'm not going to use those up. But Beartown and... Um, I don't know. What else? I don't know. Pick one. You're the one that's supposed to use a voice. <laughs> well, that was rude to throw that back on me. Um, let's see. What... Oh, what was that series you said you loved with the Frostmen? Oh, Catherine Arden. Um, the first book in that series is called The Bear and the Nightingale. It's really good. It's a, It's got Russian folklore. It's a mix of Russian folklore. It's got a little feminist twist on it. But that doesn't mean that guys can't read it because guys can be feminist too and they can like stories like that. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, you hear it right out of my beautiful wife's mouth. Go get that book and remember folks find out what makes you happy and do it there's a lot of life out there to live so make the time to enjoy it everybody go read a book and have a good week